Hi, my name is Jorge Cruz, and I'm the number one New York Times bestselling author and leading fitness, nutrition, and peak performance trainer to the world's busiest celebrities. You may have seen my work with Oprah Winfrey, Khloe Kardashian, Tyra Banks, Kelly Clarkson, or even Dr. Oz. My career started because in my early 20s, I was out of control and addicted to sweets, carbs, and salty snacks. And experts told me to simply count calories to get control. They were wrong. My passion to get control of my hunger led me to find simple ways backed by science that would turn off physical hunger as well as my emotional eating instantly. And I know I can help you too. Welcome to The Jorge Cruz Show. Well, happy Monday. It's uh, March the 1st. Uh, welcome to the Jorge Cruz Show. I'm Jorge. I'm thrilled you're here right now. Uh, this is the number one podcast to help you overcome addictions to sugar, carbs, salty snack foods. And more importantly, it's also home of the Zero Hunger Plan, which will help you drop two pounds each day. Yeah, you heard me right. Two pounds each day. We do it through this process. I call it a zero hunger window. That's 23 hours. Most people call it what I call the F word, which is fasting. But it's a 23 hour window that we do fasting for all with no hunger. And that's why the plant's called zero hunger. And on today's show, guys, we are talking to the world's premier expert. And when I mean premier, this is the number one guy on earth. There's really no one that has a higher level of experience experience, um, background. He's a doctor. He's in Toronto, Canada. His name is Dr. Jason Fung. He's been on the show multiple times. Today, we address what I think is critical because the majority of my listeners on the show here are women. So ladies, we are talking about really not just do you have to fast differently as a woman, but also the benefits to fasting for women and men, you know, I'm, hey, I represent the guys, but uh, my audience has always been women. And I will tell you that you're also going to discover one key element of what I do every week, which is an extended fast. Now, some of my clients will do the OMAD, the one meal a day, which is what I typically do most days of the week. But um, starting on Sunday nights, I always have my last meal and then I won't eat again until Wednesday. That's called an extended fast. But it's a three day zero hunger window. And for the three days, I have no hunger. Now, again, this is all due to the mineral deficiency correction that we take care of. If you guys don't know about Zero Hunger Water, it was recently featured last month um, in Woman's World magazine. And it's really a simple way to turn off hunger and has nothing to do with counting calories, has nothing to do with fiber, and it really is a breakthrough. So all that on today's show, guys. Before we get started this Monday, I have to thank our sponsors. And I also want to wish a very happy birthday to Anthony Robbins. He's born on leap year, so on February 29th, and today is March the 1st. My birthday is a Saturday, so we're kind of Pisces brothers. And I love Tony Robbins. He's a sponsor of the show. His team is extending to us a $3,300 discount discount for this Thursday, guys. March 4th is his incredible, I, I brought my manual to show you guys, incredible event. Can you guys see that there? It's called Unleash the Power Within. I attended this last year. It is a virtual event. It is extraordinary. It will help you realize, not that just the universe is inside of you, that this unlimited power, but it'll help you unleash it. Because a lot of times we need some sort of what therapists would call behavioral cognitive therapy, which are just a, just a thinking structure to release um 
fear and to really be unstoppable. Sometimes we need more. Sometimes we got to go in deeper. But Tony does some incredible work. And in just four days, you can transform that energy in you. And he's giving us this massive discount. So check it out. I want you to go to his website. He made a special link for us. Uh, and again, it's Tony's birthday. So happy birthday, Tony. Um, he's 60, I think 61 years young today. Not that it counts because he only has a birthday, I think, with leap year every four years. So I, I wish I was born on February 29th. But regardless, guys, check this out. Uh, the URL is upwvirtual.com forward slash Jorge. His team made that special for us. If you go to that website link, I'm going to read it to you again. Upwvirtual, V-I-R-T-U-A-L.com forward slash Jorge, J-O-R-G-E. What will happen is you'll have options, but the option that is the most popular is the one where you save $3,300 and it's this Thursday, March 4th. And that is how I'm spending my 50th birthday is with Tony. My birthday's on March 6th. The event ends on March 7th. You'll find out everything you need at this link. Check it out. Money back guaranteed too, guys. And it is a transformational event. So thank you to Tony and his team for extending this incredible discount to us um, as we start March. All right, guys. We're also brought to you by uh, my favorite Elemental Labs. Elemental Labs is how I start my day every morning. I'm actually in a pinch. So I actually made some here. This is my zero hunger water, 32 ounces of water. And then I had a packet of the Elemental Labs um, electrolytes. Now the electrolytes have what I would call the secret sauce in it, which isn't a secret, because if you picked up Woman's World magazine, you know, I gave away the recipe for free. And if you want to know how to make zero hunger water so you can turn off hunger and not have to worry about hunger, whether you're doing a one day fast or a three day one like me, you got to check it out. You can go to zerohungerplan.com to get that free recipe. But if you're in a pinch, what I use is Rob Wolf's Elemental Labs. And Elemental Labs make these little packets on the go. They're flavored. They have the right amount of sodium, magnesium, and potassium, which we must have to turn off hunger. And a lot of us are scared about um, you know, high blood pressure and salt. That is a myth, guys. Sodium, when it's not paired with a high insulin environment, which our diet does not really incorporate, even though we have a carb lover's diet and we have a Mediterranean and we have meat lovers, we utilize the lowest carbs possible because it's only when you go high sugar, high carb, that blood pressure goes up with salt. So there's no issues on that. And in, in our newsletter uh, that's going out today, um, you'll learn about that. If you haven't signed up, check it out. But Elemental Labs is incredible. Check it out. They're giving us a free $45 value bundle box when you get the value bundle kit. So check it. I have a URL for you very much like Tony Robbins's. It is drinkelement.com forward slash Jorge. Let me spell it for you. It's D-R-I-N-K-L as in Larry, M as in Mary, N as in Nancy, T as in Tom, dot com forward slash Jorge, J-O-R-G-E. You go to that URL. You have two options. Scroll to the bottom to get the, the value bundle kit where you get a free box of electrolytes. And what's best of all is you can customize these um, kits. So when you get your boxes of electrolytes, and they'll last you the whole month if you do the value bundle, you literally can make it all chocolate. There, there are months I do that. I have a lot of chocolate for March being my birthday month, but I also like their salty citrus. There's so many delicious varieties, guys. Check it out. You can customize your value bundle too. So check it out. And again, you get a free box. It's a $45 value at Elemental Labs' um, electrolytes. So amazing. And thank you to Rob Wolf for that. We're also brought to you by Julian Bakery. Julian Bakery is what I use and what I will be using this Saturday. I'm having a little um, 
game night with some of my dearest friends, small game night. We're not doing anything fancy at my house. And instead of having a traditional cake, um, my favorite used to be the chocolate cake at Costco. I know it's only $14, but oh, it's so good. It's like, do you guys remember ding-dongs? It's like a ding-dong. But imagine having a ding-dong now without the sugar, with MCTO, with healthy fats. That's what Julian Bakery is. It's literally the Willy Wonka factory, minus all the, I hate to say it, crap. No sugar, nothing hydrogenated, no vegetable oils. They make brownies. They make cookies. They make bread. They make chocolate bars. So it truly is like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory all super healthy, all keto friendly as well. They're giving us 10% off. I'm ordering a bunch of brownies for my birthday. We're having brownies and cookies for my birthday. Uh, and I'm sure I'll have some videos to share with you guys this Saturday we're doing it. But check it out, guys. Go to this URL. It's uh, it's their basic site. It's julianbakery.com. Just go to that. But on checkout, use the coupon code Jorge Cruz to get the 10% off. That's how this one works, guys. I'll spell their URL. It's J-U-L-I-A-N-B-A-K-E-R-Y. Dot com. And then the coupon code is my name, Jorge Cruz, the full name, all one word. Do it all caps just to be safe. J-O-R-G-E-C-R-U-I-S-E. And you're set 10% off. Try their bread too. Oh, not that I eat a lot of bread, but when I have bread and I'll be having bread this weekend, <laughs> I'm in a three-day window right now, zero hunger window. So I won't eat till Wednesday, but this weekend um, I have some friends coming in, flying in to my 50th. So we are going to be eating cake and bread, <laughs> but also a lot of ribeyes because I'm a big fan of high protein. You guys know that. So with that said, guys, uh, let's get to today's show. Welcome everyone to a really special podcast. One of my dearest friends over the last year through COVID and even before is back on the show, Dr. Jason Fung. You guys know him. He's truly the world's leading expert uh, and doctor when it comes to fasting. And, you know, fasting has become such an interesting um, distinction and, and tool to help people improve their health and controversial. I know when we spoke last, we talked about the New York Times and how they did a study or they reported on a study. And uh, Jason and I talked about that. If you guys missed it, that was our last interview. But I think uh, Dr. Fung is on the line. Dr. Fung, Jason, are you there? Hey, great to be here. Hey, happy new year, 2021, <laughs> right? Happy new year to you too. <laughs> well, and, and I'm excited because I think this is the year that we can utilize all our distinctions, hopefully, like the super friends. I feel like I've been talking to so many great people, and you truly are the Superman of, of fasting <laughs> or the Batman. <laughs> Do you prefer Batman or Superman? Which one would you be? <laughs> no one's asked you that question before, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I think it's uh, Super Friends is great. I used to watch that show. Right? Saturday the cartoons, morning. right? Like yes. And that Hall of Justice, do you remember that? The Hall of and, Justice. Yeah. And the Wonder Twins. I always remember the Wonder Twins. Activate. Yeah, they never came back, though. Yeah, but what happened did, to them? Know. Yeah. You know, I bet you they're coming back one day. Don't you think? They'll have a movie. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll have a movie. Everybody else had their movie. Everyone. Everyone. So, well, we've got, uh, well, which one would you be if you had to pick one? Superman, Batman, or do you have a preference? Uh, I don't have a real preference. I mean, I like them all. They were all, yeah, like, yeah. You know, well, I think if you're the Superman of of, uh, of intermittent fasting, and so <laughs> on today's show, we're going to be talking um, about women's fasting. I thought, Jason, because I have a lot of women in midlife, and they have some questions, and then extended fast, extended fasting, and I know you're also an expert on that. You lead these incredible medical. Um, I mean, I don't know if you call them a retreat, but they're interventions. People work with you. And I think you are 
the premier guy that does this. And, and I think people know this and you're the author of some incredible best-selling books. So I'm just so honored you're here, Jason. And to help us understand uh, this tech, this technique that so many people, I mean, briefly, do you remember what the New York Times said? And not to start with something old, but I, have you heard more on that? Are people still uh, misinformed uh, about intermittent yeah. fasting? And then let's dive into some questions I have here. But how are we since our last conversation, Jason? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is that, you know, they do these studies and, yeah. they're, you know, the way they set them up can really influence the result. And so it was sort of a negative uh, study and they said, oh, yeah. maybe there's a problem with loss of lean mass. Um, and remind people sort of, what study this was in or what journal, because the New York um, Times reported on it, but it wasn't it them. Was, no, it was, I think, in the Journal of the American Medical Association or one a fairly prominent medical. Yeah, journal. yeah. But the, the, the thing about these nutrition studies is that they're very, very um, hard to design. Um, and if you remember, the issue there was the way they sort of set it up that uh, the people who are fasting, they're doing the 16-8 fast, which is 16 hours of fasting and eight hours of eating. They sort of told them, well, you can eat whatever you want. So if you're eating pizza and donuts all through that eight hours, well, you're not going to lose a lot of weight. And there was uh, a word that you taught me. What was the word uh, for oh, that kind of? It was ad libitum. So this is the technical term. So it's to your heart's content, basically. So that was the instruction. So we don't know what they ate, actually. Yeah, they might yeah. have been eating great sort of foods, but yeah, they sure. might also have been eating. So, so we just don't know. That could have been doing Domino's pizza and Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why right. do I feel like uh, that happens sometimes, especially when people are overweight, right? I mean, as it works, yeah. it makes you feel yeah. good. But continue, yeah, exactly. continue. And, and, and that was the issue. So that was the way they had set it up. And, um, you know, and, and, and sort of, I agree with that result. If you tell people, okay, you can eat from 12 to eight and you can eat as much as you want, whenever you want. Well, yeah. you know, if you tell me, Hey, that's the study, I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know, let me go, let me have some potato chips and you know, ben and Jerry's, please ben bring me a pint. I'm oh, ready. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. that's the study. And, and, and I, they think it's going to work just fine. It's like, I could have told you it's not going to work. <laughs> like, you know, you can't eat all that stuff. But so we, you know, oh, I, people are actually eating. So then they say, well, the fasting doesn't work. It's like, well, duh, you know, weight mm -hmm. loss is about two things. It's about what you eat and it's about when you eat, like how often. Bingo. So if you're eating, and they're two different, they're, they're, they're completely different. So you could yeah. uh, eat uh, good food and not fast and do well. And you could eat mm -hmm. sort of very, very sparsely, like fast a lot and, you know, still do very well. So they're two different levers. So yeah. if you have both of them in the sort of optimal setting for weight loss, that is eating really good food and fasting a lot, then sure, mm -hmm. you're going to lose weight. Mm -hmm. If you do sort of one, but not the other, so fast a lot, but have really bad food, or not fast and have really good food, you know, one up, one down might be mm -hmm. good. If you have both, like you're eating all the time and you're eating bad food, well, then you're gonna do really bad. So they're two different things and you can't really separate them because they're both important. So what mm -hmm. they did of course, was they allowed you, they said, okay, you have to fast, but then they said, eat whatever you want. And it's like, well, you know, well, I don't know how, how valid that is. So the, the point is that, uh, you know, there was a little bit of negativity around it. And I have a feeling that a lot of it is just due to the inherent bias of people that people need to eat all the time, like eat 10 times a day. Cause this is sort of like, 
it became very in vogue for a couple of years. Like, and not just by dietitians and weight loss experts, but by actual doctors. And it seemed to be the, how would you describe it? Not the mantra of our, of our civilized world, but it almost became where we were not capable of going three hours without eating a peanut or something. It's literally, we would pass out. I mean, I don't know who created this. I always say during the Victorian time period, do you think it could have been at least kicked off by, do you remember Harvey Kellogg in his sanitarium, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And the invention of the breakfast. He, yeah. I believe he coined the term. It was two words before, right? Breck, yeah. fat, breaking the fast, break fast. Break fast, you know, but, and he got cereal to sell. So I feel like uh, there's one meal that we didn't eat before the 1910s or right. Because when did people start eating breakfast? It was in this, in the 19, it was what? 1920, 19, like around yeah, that time. I mean, it was, it was variable depending on where you were, but a lot of people would sort of like in the fields, they would eat very early and then not eat almost the whole day because they're in the fields and then work until they came back. So yeah. yes, they were eating early, but then there's a huge stretch. They weren't eating lunch because they're out in the fields. Right. So that was sure. in the, in the sure. 1920s probably. Yeah. Um, and of course um, then it was sort of, you know, 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you're talking three meals a day, but no snacks. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If that's, you remember, that's yeah. still about a 14 hour fast. So right. remember in the sixties and seventies, of course, you're eating dinner mm-hmm. a bit earlier because the, the moms were not working at that uh, era. So yeah. you're eating at around six o'clock, right? The dad would yeah. get home at five 30. Boom and eat. We have dinner. And the moms would tell the kids, what would they tell them, right? If they wanted a snack, right? If you wanted a snack after school, it's like, no, you're going to ruin your dinner. And if you want a snack after, you know, at bedtime, they'd say, no, you should eat more at dinner, right? So it's very, very frowned upon. So if you didn't eat dinner until, uh, if you ate dinner at six and didn't eat again until say 8 a.m., right? Breakfast time, you're talking about a 14 hour period of fasting every single day without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of like, standard okay and then you get into the 2000s where all of a sudden i mean you look at the kids and the schools they're like oh make sure you eat breakfast if you don't eat breakfast i'm gonna yell at you like seriously they're just gonna come down on you it's almost called what do they call that it's it's like eating shaming you for not eating right yeah yeah it was terrible it still is to some extent but it's like yeah if you didn't eat breakfast if you didn't have your your kid eat a full breakfast it was almost like like the world's worst parent right yeah it was was like child abuse literally child child abuse abuse. and then you're a horrible parent horrible horrible parent parent. (laughs) and p.s for all the parents listening is it okay that they don't do that i mean that was all i hate to say uh misunderstandings or can we just say it was bs i mean yeah i mean if you wanted to eat breakfast i'm okay with that if you didn't want to eat breakfast there's nothing wrong with that yeah. I've done that for most of the last 10 years right and it has an effect in yeah and so now rewind it all the way up to today i feel like i remember before covid but the taco bell invented the the fourth meal and yeah we're already having six meals and yeah. you know they're telling people to eat at midnight you know go to yeah. taco bell and eat at midnight i'm like <laughs> what you should be sleeping yeah and, and the thing is that it's sort of nuts because not only did okay so say you did eat breakfast they'd still yeah. give the kids a mid-morning snack right so mm-hmm. at recess or whatever instead of just going out and playing which is what i did right recess yes. they booted you out into the yep. yard no matter what temperature it could yep. be a blizzard it could be so icy. They didn't care. <laughs> Go play. Out. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, with minimal supervision, which was good too. Um, yeah. But the thing is that now you get like a snack at, at, at recess and then you have yeah. lunch and then you have a snack if you're in the afternoon. It's almost like a feeding time. It's not even recess. It's eating time, yeah, right? It's like, have a snack, have a snack. 
have a snack and then dinner, you'd have a snack. And then if you didn't have a bedtime snack, again, you're the world's worst parent sort of thing. Mm. Like, okay, now, and, and the study showed this, that people are eating sort of like six times a day and it was never backed by any science. Like it wasn't that they did a study and said, oh, wow, eating six times a day is great for you. And nobody in history had ever done it because there was work to do. I mean, so, we go back to, we look back Paleolithic man, thousands of years. I mean, of course, that, I mean, we yeah. didn't go that far back, but ancient man, how many times a day did they eat, Jason? Honestly, come on, yeah, like I mean, once a, a day, times. maybe. And if you didn't catch something, you might not even eat that day. Yeah, I mean, the there was, was no refrigerator to eat or there no coffee. There was no nothing. I mean, you just got to go and, get it. And all of a yeah. sudden we, we, we came into this culture of the, say, 90s and 2000s, where mm. really if you didn't eat, you were just abusing kids. It's like, okay, you remember back in the day, 60s and 70s. So this is, again, if you were a bad boy, you got sent to bed without dinner. So you didn't eat from 12 until eight. So 20 hours of fasting. And we didn't think it was child abuse. We just thought it was nothing. Like people are simply not allowed to be hungry anymore. And the other thing, of course, is that why do you think people carry body fat? Why do you think our body carries body fat? Well, tell us, Jason. Here we go. Right? That's <laughs> yeah. all it is. That's purely all it is. It's like so overfueling you, your car and putting gas in it every 10 minutes. And it's like, yeah. no, you, you can go 250, 250 miles, 300 miles without refueling. Can exactly. you imagine if you kept putting gas every three hours when you're driving? Yeah. It'd be I like mean, where worst. would it go? Where would it go? Right. <laughs> yeah, explode. Exactly. It'd right. explode and it'd be so inconvenient. And yet that's what we did to our body. We said, oh, you cannot let your body go more than three hours without stuffing some kind of muffin in your mouth or something like that. And it's like, no, our body is built to handle these periods. In fact, it should be very healthy. In the seventies, we had 14 hours every single night. I mean, sure. If you had, you know, a special occasion, you'd eat later or whatever, but in general, that was the sort of baseline. And because it was the habit, it was not hard because you're used to doing it. Everybody, you know, is doing it. Your parents are doing it. Your siblings are doing it. Your friends Mm -hmm. are doing it. It just was not a big deal. So the point is you have to remember that your body really exists in two states from a body fat standpoint. Mm -hmm. You're either storing those calories or you're burning those calories. That's it. So when you're eating, you're going to store those calories. When you're not Mm -hmm. eating, you're going to burn those calories. That's why I love talking to you, Jason. You make things so simple. I mean, that's the thing I learned years ago from Oprah. And, you know, she's successful at communicating. She always told me, keep it simple. And that is simple. So may I segue to my first question? I think it's a great bridge. Um, So, you know, I work with a lot of women in that age group, like Oprah in their 60s. I have uh, women in their early uh, 50s starting to go through perimenopause. Uh, there are a lot of doctors now uh, that have shows and talk about fasting and how women, uh, you know, young women, middle-aged women, women that have been through menopause, oh gosh, you have to be cautious. You have to eat, a, you have to fast in a special way. And I thought we would start with that question. Do women, first of all, I mean, I can't, I'm going back to my ancient brain here or, uh, you know, paleolithic men and women. 
I can't imagine they had different eating plans. <laughs> and ancient times, they're like, well, you're a woman. You're going you're gonna to eat twice as much. And, you know, I'm, I'm a man. And, oh, no, I'm going to eat once. And I'm stronger than you. And now that you're going through perimenopause. And, yes, it's true. Paleolithic women didn't make it to 50, probably, right? I think the age lifespan back then was, what, 30 or 40, right, Jason? Yeah, so. I mean, obviously, we live a lot longer now, but the, your, your point is well taken. When All right, take it. Take it away, Jason, please. Uh, women versus men. There are differences, of course, women versus men. There's difference in sex hormones, for well, example, yeah, estrogen, yeah. progesterone versus All testosterone right. and so on. But the main hormones that we're talking about in terms of weight gain, weight loss, mm -hmm. which is things like insulin and uh, growth hormone, all that, there's actually no big weight loss differences. Now, that's not to say that the sex hormones, estrogen, progesterone, don't make a difference in weight gain. So if you think about puberty, for example, mm. uh, when you go from pre-pubertal girls, you know, their levels of fat are about the same as pre-pubertal boys. Yeah. As soon as you get to puberty, there's a huge split. So mm. women tend to gain more fat, especially in the breasts and the hips. And yeah. men tend, uh, boys tend to get more muscle. That's just what happens. And it's probably due to the testosterone in the boys and the estrogen yeah. in the girls. And with so, all the intention that we're here to reproduce and put yeah, exactly. uh, more and humans then, on the earth. I mean, that was yeah, our, exactly. so they, our they're, they're trying the game to plan back those. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it, it's, it's, this is what happens. So therefore, there is clearly an influence of the sex hormones on body fat. So therefore, you know, when people go through menopause, certainly you may have more trouble losing weight. I, I don't deny it. I just can't do anything about that. Right? Yeah. That's and there's nothing that, that you've got to do to trick the body because now that you're yeah. a woman in midlife that, well, let's, here's the trick. Here's the biohack because you're old now. It's just going to be harder. I mean, it's, I hate yeah. to say it, but I'm going to be 50 next month, you know, and I feel like. You know, it's, it, I'm not 20. I get it. I'm 50. And I see the guys at the gym doing, you know, I do kettlebell swings for burpees and I can keep up with them, but I got to work a little harder. I'm 50, you know, and what am I supposed to do? Like just put stem cells in me. And we know when we do, and we're going to talk about, if you don't mind, the next question is about extended fasting three days and up and all that in stem cells. Yeah. But I do those sometimes and, and I feel good, but I know, I mean, how would you, so for any woman, let's focus in on the so, women so in yeah. midlife life and fasting. And, you know, there are experts, women fasting experts. I'm not going to mention names. Um, and you've probably been on some of their shows that say, oh, no, no, no. You have to fast differently. We have to do a pattern of, you know, we got to do a, you know, a 511 or 411 where you do this for four days and you do this. I mean, is it's complicated. I know Oprah would not approve of this. She would say, yeah. keep it simple. Do we keep yeah. it simple or do we? I would, I would keep it simple because the thing really? about the fasting regimens is everybody reacts differently. Mm. So, uh, you know, whatever regimen that you put together, it may or may not work for you. You actually have to try it and see mm -hmm. if it works for me, may not work for you. It's just the way it is. It's like, you know, some people like vanilla ice cream and some people like chocolate. You can't turn somebody who loves vanilla ice cream into somebody who loves and, chocolate. So, and for the ladies out there, because they're tough on themselves, Jason, I don't want to interrupt, but add this, if you would, with what you were saying, because I feel like the way they judge whether like an OMAD does, because I have a lot of my clients that do the OMAD, we eat one, day, one meal a day. And I know that's not a huge stress on the body. It's not like a three-day fast. And they're seeing great results. They're maybe five pounds from their weight 
goal. Like, and we're talking high school weight. And these are women in their yeah. 50s. So they're yeah. doing great. They're not overweight. They're not obese. They're so beautiful. And, and, you know, and I get it. I have a little bit of, you know, side back fat and I'm 50, but yeah, I'm okay with it. It's not that bad. I look pretty darn good if I take a yeah. selfie, if I stand up tall, <laughs> you know? So I tell them it's okay. And it may take a little more time to get rid of those last five pounds if you're in midlife or going through perimenopause or, uh, or menopause, or, and I have some clients that have had hysterectomies, you know, and so it's going to be a little harder. So what would you tell these women that are at that plateau and it's five pounds away from, you know, high school weight? I mean, I feel like, wouldn't we all like to be at our high school uh, appearance and, and youth? Is that, are we unrealistic? Should we, I hate to tell a woman not to get her goal or just be more patient or what would be your suggestion? Yeah, there's a few things that you can do in terms of the plateau. And, Mm. um, you know, there's really only a few things sort of levers to sort of juggle here. So one is changing up the foods that you eat. So that's the diet. So of course, changing it up, you you can change to a different diet. And there's a ton of diets out there. You can choose whatever you want to choose. Sure. The other one in terms of the diet is the sweeteners trip up a lot of people. People think the sweeteners are great and so on cutting that out can really go a long way. And would you mind getting a little more specific? Because I've always been against the pink packets, the blue ones and the yellows. Yeah, all of but them. I know stevia and monk fruit are controversial because they are plant-based. But yeah. would you include that or exclude? Yeah, I would, I would include them as well. So, so just okay. all of those sweeteners, of course, they um, make you really want to eat that's what appetizers are. That's what they do. When you eat something sweet, you want something more sweet. I remember when I was a kid, I used to drink a lot of juice and stuff. Yeah. It was healthy back then. Right. So you drink a lot of juice. <laughs> I thought water tasted horrible. Like, oh, Jason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like, a lot of women are saying, Jason, it's just like us, because I think people and women in particular, they like, what would you call it? Variety or they like some excitement and water. I hate to say yeah. it, at least the old Jason Fung, the, how old are you? Like a teenager or <laughs> no, I'm almost 52. No, no, not you. But back when you hated water. Oh, back then I was like, you know, yeah, as a teenager. And, so, and you hated was... water. Really, Jason? It's okay yeah, to say I thought it. it was terrible. I thought it tasted awful. But, but of <laughs> course, back then everybody drank juice like yeah yeah, yeah. told our kids to drink apple juice and stuff right for sure you're getting a lot of sugar but the point is that your your um your taste buds sort of change and that sweetness Mm -hmm. actually makes you want to take more sweet stuff and that trips up a lot of people so you can change even if it has zero calories right even if it has zero calories and then you end up go ahead that's why if you look at uh, like how many people have ever said to you oh i just switched to diet coke and lost 25 pounds like zero people like uh-huh. how many people have probably tried that like i don't know a thousand people and of those yeah. thousand people like zero you know it's 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 one of the things that is really a trap to think that oh because it has zero calories it's not going to do anything else for you if it makes you hungry and want to eat then it's going to work against you so i hate to, to ask you but we have to do with the jason fung of the teenage jason fung didn't like to do and just know that we don't need I mean, I hate to say you just have to drink it without sweeteners, right? Drink your waters, your electrolytes unsweetened, right, Jason? Is that the take home right now? And that's what I do all the time now. And and of course, I switch to a lot of tea. 
So yes. things like um, herbal teas and yes. stuff, mint tea. There's, there's tons of unsweetened. Underline unsweetened. Yeah, unsweetened. And even, and all even the black though teas and stuff, I don't. And even though people anymore. have talked about stevia and monk fruit, one more time, really don't do that because it's it's not so much that it's a natural source, but it's that it causes it to taste sweet. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's the sweetness. Yeah. And, and not everybody's going to, like some people will take it and have no problem with it. And if, if you have no problem with it, go ahead. But if you are struggling to lose that last few pounds, then that's one of the things that you can try and see if it really works. I love so that's this. your diet. The second is your fasting. You can change it up. You can do okay. more fasting. You could do shorter, more frequent fasts, or you could do extended fasting, something that not a lot of people have done. Yes. Sort of extended three to five day fast. I want to talk about very this. Very powerful. And yes. then the third thing, which people always forget, is what, what? it's stress and sleep make a <sighs> huge, huge difference. To oh, it. I think you've so, hit the nail on the head because I want to tell yeah. you, these women, they're not sleeping right now. And well, go ahead. So tell us, say it one more time. So the big thing is sleep and? And it's, it's all the stress. stress. Uh-huh. So the stress hormones, so we can study this very easily. Uh, cortisol is the third mm-hmm. hormone that gets released when you're under stress. And if you give synthetic hormone, uh, synthetic cortisol, which is prednisone, it's a standard medication used for lots of different things, asthma and all kinds. And of I have certain diseases. women that are taking estrogen patches. Is that screw up the body too, if they're trying to lose weight or not? Um, it can certainly, because again, it's just it's those, the estrogen, progesterone, sex hormones do play a role in determining body fat. That's the puberty, right? When, but that when makes women, sense because it makes your body, it mimics it when it was younger, yeah. right? Yeah. So and you so you're going to be more curvy, raised. more curvy, right? Yeah. And, and when you go through yeah. menopause, some people, there, there's all those. But that may also make it difficult to lose weight. Too. Say that it's, one it's more time, Jason. We, we lost the audio just for a second. We dropped. So, sorry. Right? So, so in menopause, uh, so there's a lot of changes that go on in menopause as well. And some people, a lot of people notice that it's harder to lose weight and so on. Um, again, it's, it's, those sex hormones do play a role in how much body fat you have. So it's not like your imagination. Tons of people notice it. And there's a good reason for that because they do play a role. The question is, can I do something about it? It's natural. I can't, I can't yes. do anything. About it. Like we, we stopped giving hormone replacement for everybody like 25 years ago. Um, the, the, the issue is you have to work with that as best as you can. So do you, do you, do you encourage or not encourage women to do like estrogen replacement or men to do testosterone replacement? What do you think? Yeah, that's a very controversial area, actually. I know. Give us two cents on it, because I know that's not your wheelhouse, but you you know about it, right? Yeah, testosterone replacement was very popular for, so both of them were extremely popular, like 25 years ago, then they completely fell out of favor. So the reason is, of course, so everybody wound up on estrogen replacement. So like practically 90% of postmenopausal women uh, about 25 years ago were on estrogen replacement. Like my mom was, for example, everybody was. And of course, then their studies showed that one, it didn't reduce heart attacks because they thought it would reduce heart attacks. It didn't, but it might increase your risk of breast cancer. Um, And pardon my language. So what was the last one? uh, Blood clots. 
So blood clots and breast cancer were increased risk with estrogen replacement. So and women were doing it with the, the positive intention. I mean, your mother yeah. was doing this to feel younger, to have more. No, what no, what no. was it the was intention? Just, it was the, the intention was to reduce heart attack. So wow. 25 years ago, when I was in medical school, it was standard treatment. You get when I'm, you were menopausal, you got estrogen replacement because we thought it would reduce your risk of heart attacks. Turns out it probably increased your risk of heart attacks and oh. increased your risk of breast cancer. Wow. So then, so then about 15 years ago, practically every woman got taken off of it because the breast cancer thing was super scary. Wow. Breast cancer rates actually dropped quite a bit right after that, which is so it probably was increasing the risk of breast cancer, yeah. which is scary, yeah. scary, scary stuff. So of course, wow. almost everybody got taken off of it. Now there's a bit of um, there's a bit of a resurgence in terms of treating some women, the appropriate women with biosimilar hormones. So, you know, we may be able, like, instead of giving it to everybody, maybe yeah, we yeah. can just give it to a few people who would benefit, which is a much more uh, logical way. To more extreme it. cases like hysterectomies or what? who are the women that are thumbs up for yeah, this? Yeah, so there's, there's a few, like if they, you take out your ovaries for whatever reason, yeah, then yeah. you might need some hormone replacement. So there is a place, but it's not every single woman in America mm -hmm. sort of thing. And it's this still risky. And it's still risky, right? For heart and cancer. Um, it depends on how you do it. So again, mm -hmm. if your levels are super low, then bringing them back, back up are probably not so bad. Okay. Um, but it's the same thing for testosterone. So yeah. super popular about 25 years ago then there's a huge thing about it's going to increase your risk of prostate cancer. So then this sort of got thrown in the trash and nobody was doing it. Now, interestingly enough, uh, again, may have a role, but again, not just giving it to whoever walks in the door, like check the levels. Yeah. If they're extremely low, then bringing it back up might be of benefit. Good, um, good. So in the right population. Yeah, well, very and good. So I mean, uh, yeah. So, so, so there are other reasons why you can't lose weight, um, but you have mm -hmm. to be, you have to know about them, and you have to. That, that's not something that you can just sort of do yourself, put yourself yeah. on, take yourself yeah. off. Those are medications and have to be taken because there's a risk if you just, like, you can't just take it. Like, you're, you could be putting yourself at risk. No, you need um, a doctor's supervision. You really do. And you need a prescription. I don't think you can you just get this at Rite Aid. You just can't yeah. get it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can buy it online, probably buy everything online, but <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't be doing that, right? Listeners, yeah. please yeah. don't be buying drugs online without a doctor's uh, help <laughs> and supervision. Well, Jason, let's segue here uh, to extended fasting because and, and in a nutshell too, with women, it sounds like our, our recommendation, your recommendation is just to keep it simple, right, Jason? Yeah, There's so no need to to be yeah. i mean don't, it's don't don't try to complicate things because again yeah. are women different than men yes they are but let's look at history because we can look back go. at all of human history like and we never take, separated the eating of no. the, the speed of the sexes we eat together we eat yes. the same foods yeah. uh -huh. we eat like you know at dinner you don't eat something and make something completely different for that. You know, I'm a woman. I got to eat this. I'm eating special <laughs> exactly. foods here at a special time. I eat, you know, exactly. less or more, you know, or whatever. We eat together. We eat All the right. same foods. Like you make the same nice. thing for your son like as this. your daughter. Like um, when you simple. do fasting. So say it's Lent, say it's Ramadan, say it's, no. you know, Yom Kippur. 
do do women and men do the same thing? Absolutely. They do the same thing. <laughs> There's, There's no, no need. difference. All right. All right. So well, I don't make any difference. If you look at the studies, yeah. the studies on fasting show yep. that they're pretty much the same in general. Now that's mm-hmm. not to say that, you know, somebody says, you know, women don't have any trouble fasting because men have trouble fasting too. It's just that women um, they are different, but there's nothing that you should necessarily do differently. Hey, it's Jorge, and I just wanted to interrupt the show just for a moment to invite you to head on over and sign up for my daily zero hunger email that will give you each day a simple what to eat to get radical control over your sugar, carb, and salty snack food cravings. And if this is something you want to conquer and make a lifestyle, the newsletter is important. It will really give you tools every day to keep building that momentum to create a lifestyle where you're in control of sugar and carbs. So if that sounds good, check it out. Simply go to zerohungerplan.com. I'll spell it for you. It's with a Z, Z Z-E-R-O, zerohungerplan.com, and it's all free. I'll see you there. Let's get back to the show. All you do is you do it and you see if it works. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, change what you're eating. Don't change the the fasting idea. And let's segue if you don't mind, because I know we've got another 10 minutes or so. And I want to make sure to ask this question. I have two if we can. But the first one is about stress on the body from doing a three-day uh, fast because I have a lot of women that have been doing this with me and they've seen incredible results, but then they're concerned about the word you mentioned, cortisol and stress. And there's some people that are poo-pooing a three-day fast. And I, you know, I'm turning 50. So I want this from, I'm asking it for the men too. So it's for the men and women that are in midlife. And I think all my audience pretty much is 40 and up. You know, I don't think we have any millennials watching or listening, but for anyone that is down to those last five pounds, let's pretend it's one of them, male or female. I don't know if it really matters. We'll, we'll lean into the women because that's more of my audience. We'll think of uh, the, the gals in that age group. And if they've got five pounds and it's not coming off, I think my suggestion from your guidance over the many years we've known each other now, two or three years, I feel like is, yes, it's okay to do a 72-hour window. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it gives you the stem cells and the longevity. But here's the concern. They're like, well, is it going to cause stress where I keep the fat on? That's, that's the first dilemma. And two, will I lose muscle? So can you take it away, Jason? Yeah, the question about muscle, and I actually just did a YouTube video on this. Mm. Uh, oh, fantastic. Muscle is one, the bottom line is no, it does not break down your muscle. So muscle grows or doesn't grow, mostly based on whether you use it or not. Yeah. So it doesn't really like eating. So assuming that you have are adequately nourished, that you're not like, you know, 60 pounds or something like that like you know if you're not anorexic and you're not on chemotherapy and you know wasting away so assuming you have relatively normal 20 25 percent body fat and average looking right if you have enough nutrients from that standpoint that's most people like 99 percent of your audience probably sure then your muscle grows when you exercise it so you lift heavy things you'll grow muscle when you don't lift heavy things week and we used to do this bed rest for heart attacks and stuff. Jason, we dropped you again. Would you repeat that last oh, piece? Sorry. So if no, you, you don't can't. use your muscle, say somebody goes on bed rest for yeah. seven, seven days. So if you break your leg and you're confined to your bed, we know because we see this every single day in the hospital. And we've known about this for the last 55 years, at least 
that muscle just goes way down because mm-hmm. you're not standing up. So if you're standing up, you've got a hundred and whatever pounds, mm-hmm. 180 pounds, 160 pounds of weight standing that your legs have to push up against gravity. That's what you have to do to walk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't walk, you're not exercising. Even the walking is exercise and you lose muscle incredibly quickly. Okay? Mm-hmm. So seven days, you will lose a ton of muscle. It happens to everybody because you're not using it. You don't you'll use it, use it or it. lose it. Yeah. And then if you're older, what's that term about loss of muscle for age loss? It's a uh, oh, sarcopenia. Yeah. And that's yeah. also so, involved, especially in this age group, right? Yeah. So um, it's the same thing. Most people aren't as active in their older age because of arthritis and this and that, right? You're maybe you get a bit dizzy. Maybe you have yeah. some breathing trouble. So yeah. you're much less active and therefore you're going to lose muscle. That's, but that's the only way you grow or don't grow muscle. It's not, it's not from eating. fasting, right? Jason, yeah, I feel like, fasting. let's say it strongly because I feel yeah. like people are scared of losing their biceps, their butts there. It's from a lack of use, not from, yeah. Uh, doing a one day OMAD or uh, a three day. So yeah. now what about cortisol? Because then that's the other issue. People are like, oh my gosh, the stress on the body. It's so intense. One day OMAD, let alone three days. But yeah. is it really that dangerous doing a three day fast, Jason? Not really. I mean, if you look at what happens to the cortisol, yes, it does go up. That is one of the hormones that goes up. You are putting yourself under stress. But the point is that that's your only way to get better. Like exercise is a stress. You're stressing your muscles. That is the only way you get stronger. So if you put yourself and you get a bit of cortisol, it will come down. What's dangerous is when your cortisol goes up and stays up. And this is what happens, of course, in the modern day, you have, uh, you know, trouble with your spouse, trouble with your kids, you have money problems, you have mortgage coming up, you have stress that never goes away. That's the problem or chronic pain syndromes, your, your cortisol Not fasting. goes up. It's the, the emotion. What do we call that? Emotional, mental stress, yeah, right? The mental stress is, is actually very dangerous. It's very harmful to you. And that's why things like yoga, meditation, Tai Chi and stuff are actually super, super important. Mm. And really a huge part of longevity is because those periods of meditation and the same thing, like all of these yoga, you know, movement, um, Tai Chi, prayer, these are all actually forms of meditation. Oh, I became a yoga instructor last year. And I tell you, it was for mental health. I go to the gym, even though I want to keep my biceps in one piece, I go there because it's mental health. Uh, You know, it makes you feel good, right, Jason? I I started doing yoga too. And and I tell you, it's it's fantastic. Like it's not just that you're training your flexibility in your core, which is really important, but it's, it's that sort of relaxation. It's the cortisol. That's really what you're trying to, 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 to get out of your system. But the point is that it's, when you fast your cortisol, yes, it will go up. But tell us uh, how much, it and it's, it's, neg- ne- ne- it's small, negligible. I can't say that word, <laughs> uh, yeah, but is it a small it, amount? Is it something that's not comparable to stressing about, about COVID-19 and your spouse, right? Yeah. Or yeah, is it at that level? Not that zero to 10, 10 is massive stress. Where is a three-day it's fast? It's probably like in the middle somewhere, like, like a, a five. five. So it's, oh. it's there. It's true, but it's not a chronic stress. And the now, when people think that, three days, though, don't they think that's chronic or is that not? That's no, not chronic, chronic right? Chronic is like years, weeks, years. That's, ah. that's the problem, right? And again, it's not a constant thing. The cortisol is doing something because the fasting is the cortisol is there to pull the glucose and pull the sugar out of your system, right? Mm-hmm. So w- what it's doing is so 
the problem with cortisol, like if you're under stress because you have big bills coming up, mortgage and you lost your job, for example. So your cortisol's up. And that's a 10, you're, don't you think? Yeah, Zero to 10. that's like a 10. It's, it's, it, and it's not going away. That's the problem. It's so all, the, all 2021. <laughs> yeah. That's chronic. So, not a three-day fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's, yeah. that's the cortisol. What it does is it sort of pulls energy from your body. It pulls your mm. stored energy out because that's what cortisol does. And when you fast, you're, you're not putting any energy in and you're pulling it out from your body. So that's good. When you're not fasting and your stress is just up, you've got lots of sugar, glucose, and now you're pulling more out of the body. And then it's going, it's an abnormal situation. Whereas the cortisol stress that you're undergoing is the natural situation where you're supposed to have that cortisol, right? So it's a totally different situation. And the truth is, the matter is that the three-day fast, I mean, it's a time-limited thing. You can always stop it if you don't feel well, but it's actually a strategy that most people haven't tried. Uh, when they do try it, they find that, boy, it's sometimes you just go, like, this is incredible. Like, you know, you, you know how many times people try it and they go, oh my God, like, I feel amazing. A three-day fast, right, Jason? Three days, yeah. Like, and remind people ones. the benefits of doing this. And, and, and I was telling my clients it would be okay. And I said, I'll ask Jason Fung. This Dr. Fung would say the truth. He's here to help us. He's not here to harm us. He's a super friend, right? <laughs> <laughs> if we did, say, for example, a dinner on Sunday, we had our one meal a day. And most of my clients are following like a Paul Saladino diet, a carnivore code-ish diet, you know, high protein, high fat, some squash, some, you know, simple vegetables. And then it's a, and it's a sizable meal. Then they do a three-day fast. And if they were to do it weekly, Jason, so Monday, Tuesday, and then break it on Wednesday, is that going to, I mean, that's not extended and, or it's not chronic. It's not chronic stress on cortisol. Yeah. And it's also not something that I think is hurtful. If anything, tell them the benefits of the stem cells briefly. But first, would, is that, would that protocol be something that you would say is okay to try? Yeah, and if, Absolutely. I mean, you may be hungry, but drink water, right? <laughs> or tea. Yeah. And the thing is that the unsweetened. hunger actually, unsweetened, yeah. the, the hunger actually starts to dissipate very quickly too. But yeah, once you start getting into the longer fast, there's all this data that suggests that you start to activate all these, you sort of decrease inflammation, which is very, sometimes very harmful, all the arthritis and stuff. The yeah. growth hormone is, you know, shooting up and therefore your body's going to, uh, start to sort of when you eat, you're going to regrow a lot of these proteins. So what happens is your body breaks down these yeah. proteins. So yeah. it breaks down basically your proteins. Some of the proteins get broken down during fast and people think that's a bad thing, but it's not in order for you to rejuvenate yourself. The first step is actually getting rid of the stuff. So what your body does is sort of gets rid of some of the protein and then it sees, Hey, what am I using? If you're using your muscles, it's going to rebuild those. If you're using your heart muscle, it's going to rebuild that. If you've got skin that gets broken down and your body's like, actually, I don't need that skin. It's going to, it's not going to rebuild that. And that's where we can recoil loose skin. I mean, really yeah. we can. Women in their fifties and sixties are very concerned about all that loose skin and they usually yeah. do the surgeries with the cutting and yeah. this can make a huge difference. You've seen this, right, Jason? We've seen this. We see this a lot actually. And, and this is one of the things that was uh, interesting is that we have people who lose like hundreds of pounds and they actually say, I don't have that much loose skin. Like they do have a little bit, but not to the extent that the other people in the TV shows have where they have to do that 
surgery, which is well, it's because very, they lose it in uh, a way that is is different. You know, they're not doing an intermittent yeah. fasting. They're just not yeah, eating. They're not doing it. They're, they're just doing these, you know, whatever they, you know, bariatric surgeries and stuff. But yeah. the, the thing is that when you're doing it with the fasting, you're, you're allowing your body to break down some protein and that's where everybody gets worried. But then you've got the growth hormone to rebuild what you need and not what you don't need. And that's where the skin gets reabsorbed. And that's why uh, we actually don't, have never referred anybody for skin removal surgery. Like wow. In, oh. And remind people, you've been doing this for how many years? And you've never had years. anyone? How many? Seven years. I mean, it's, wow. it's a lot of people. And, and, you know, on our YouTube videos, we put a few pictures. There's, you know, they're losing hundreds of pounds. And, and some of them are just like, yeah, this. So, oh, we lost you again. Either. You get that period of time where you are burning a little bit of protein and protein is not necessarily muscle. Skin is protein. Connective tissue is protein. We lost you for a second, protein. Jason. We lost you for a second. If you don't mind, just 30 seconds. We, we lost oh, a piece yeah. of what you said there. I'm sorry. sorry. So there is a period of time during fasting where you are going to break down some protein, but protein yeah. is not necessarily muscle. Like excess skin yes. is protein. Excess yes. uh, connective tissue is protein. The point is that you break down the protein, then your body with the growth hormone says, what do we need? We need some muscle. We need some of this. We need some of this. Let's rebuild that and not rebuild the skin because we don't need it. So that's where, you know, that sort of thing can really be helpful. So Jason, to end on this note, if we were to do the following, this is what I've been suggesting. And I want your thumbs up if it's okay to, to ask, you know, we're doing OMAD four days a week and we're doing an extended fast three days a week. So we have seven days in a week. Does that seem like it would be safe and it's not going to, it's not something chronic that's going to cause so much stress. And we're eating a high protein, high fat diet, you know, kind of a carnivore diet. And obviously they can switch that up if they need to add more vegetables vegetables and things like that. But does that window of, uh, you know, the, you know, the OMAD uh, acronym, one meal a day, and then we do that for four. So basically you're just eating four days a week. Is that going to be okay? I mean, I want to make sure women are safe with that. Yeah, there's no problem. I mean, obviously if you're on medication or whatever, you need to talk to your doctor for those. And if you're not feeling well, if you really feel lousy, Mm. then of course stop and do something else because remember that everybody Mm. reacts differently. So Mm -hmm. some people, and most people will do great with that sort of regimen. Mm -hmm. There might be a few, and it's no fault of theirs and no fault of yours. It's just that this type of diet may not agree with them. In which case you stop and do something else. You modify it to what works for you. And that's the key with the fasting and that's that's why it's so powerful because you could do that or you could do something else like it's it's okay but if anything this could be a lifestyle and the benefits would be beyond weight loss i mean obviously you're not going to be heavy you're going to live a long life and the stem cells and that truly is something that keeps us young is the what would you use the word is it a renewal of stem cells a production of stem cells when we go to three days yeah it seems like uh, and and most of the data is very preliminary but um, there seems to be sort of this increased uh, sort of rejuvenation, this increased stem cells, decreased inflammation. Uh, a lot of this is animal data, so it, it's not clear, but, you know, and the autophagy, which is something we've talked about before as well, this sort of cleansing uh, period. So all of these things, people are researching more and more, and it seems to be extremely beneficial for uh, so many different things. So happy you said that, Jason. You've made my day. (laughs) And I think you've given women 
Ah, you know, remember that movie waiting to exhale. I think they're all, they've been holding their breath and I think they get, uh, they get stressed out (laughs) from holding their breath and that causes belly fat and that's the issue. So I think the take home is breathe, keep it simple. And there's nothing to fear here with what we're talking about. Jason, I I can't thank you enough. I know we're running short on time, but would you remind people, and I'm going to show them my favorite book, although uh, you've got a few books, but tell them where they can find you online, your YouTube videos, your Instagram, uh, just tell them and your website, please, because your program is fabulous. Yeah. So the, um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at, uh, yeah. Dr. Jason Fung, um, on YouTube. It's the, my channel is just Jason Fung. So mm-hmm. check it out. There's actually, I, I've just started putting out weekly videos now oh, awesome. covering various topics. So it's all free and All right, today's episode is complete, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I want to ask you to please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast. Uh, And please leave a review on Apple as well. Give it five stars if you think the show has helped you in some way to transform your thinking. I hope it has. And more importantly, share your comments, your review of what today's episode did for your thinking and what you got out of it. Because I think that is how we spread this. And for me, this is a revolution. This is not uh, a podcast. This is a way of life. And I hope to transform over a million lives in the next couple of years. And I need your help. So please become part of the Zero Hunger Revolution by leaving that review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing today. Thanks so much. Have a great one. Peace and purpose. And I'll see you on the next episode.